How y'all feeling tonight? Cool. Uh, yes, as Ian said, I, not that Ian, not Ian Covert, Ian Case. Yes, um, I am Jeffrey Godfrey. Yes, um, and something that you may not know about me is that I was once a child. Yeah, I know, it's crazy, like not a lot of people know that, so you got some insider information. But who else was once a child? Raise your hand. Cool, everyone, raise your hand. Cool. No? What were, what were you? You don't know, like an alien, test tube baby? Like, whoa, <laughs> test tube baby? Okay, that's what we're going with. Yes, um... Everyone here was once a child, I believe. Um, so yeah, that's something we all have in common. That's pretty cool. Um, but when I was a child, I lived with my mother because I was not mature enough to live by myself. Some would argue that I am still not mature enough to live by myself. Uh, but that's a different story. Amen. That is my roommate. Uh, so yeah, he knows. But when I was a child, I loved my mom very much. I still do love my mom very much, even though I am not a child. And I also, I loved my grandmother very much as well. So if you want to show the picture, there it is. Yep. Yep. That's me. Yeah, they say I don't look very good in pink. Um, but yes. That is me and my grandmother. Obviously, that is me on the left. Um, yeah, some people say that my favorite part is about preaching is that I get to show all of you. Hello? Sorry. That I get to show all of you embarrassing pictures of myself. Um, I do enjoy it just because you guys get to laugh at it. But also, they're on the internet. Every single Facebook photo of me is, I look like this. So. If you guys want to go to my Facebook and get some old pictures, go ahead. I don't care. Um, but yes, I love my grandmother. And whenever I was a kid, I was in fourth grade, and I took the bus. I took the bus to go home. And I could either ride the bus to my mom's house, or I could ride the bus to my grandmother's house. And typically, I would ride the bus with my sister and my cousin, but for some reason, they, wanted the, they were not on the bus that day. So... I decided I was going to go to my grandmother's house instead of my house. And I devised a con like super complex, convoluted, like really in-depth, like 12-step program to get to my grandmother's house. I was going to fall asleep on the bus and then skip my mom's house and then go to my grandmother's house. So super in-depth, yeah. I'm just kidding. One step, fall asleep. Um, so I did that, and it worked. I get off the bus. I'm at my grandmother's house, and I start thinking to myself, Jeff, you're so smart. Like, you, you are the man. You're killing it. Like, every other fourth grader is such an idiot compared to you. You are so superior to all other fourth graders. And then... My very next thought was, there's no cars in the driveway. And 
I went up to the door, and my fears became a reality. My grandmother was not home, and neither was anybody else, so I was alone. And the reality of the situation sank in, and the truth of the situation is I was not at home, and I was not safe, and my grandmother was not home, and I am in trouble not only because I did something stupid, but because I am in fourth grade and I should not be alone. So, everything else about my situation became a lie. The truth was I was not at home. So the lies about my situation are that I'm safe, that I know what I'm doing, that I'm at my house, that my mom's with me. All of these things are lies. And the truth was I was alone at my grandmother's house. And I say that to say that truth must be exclusive. There is no exception to this reality. I was not home and all other possibilities about my situation ceased to exist. And I feel as if there's a common concept in this age, at least something that I've heard a lot, is that believe whatever you want to believe, just be sincere in it. Basically, just you can, you can believe whatever, just as long as you are sincere about it, then that's okay. And I think it's something that maybe the media is propagating, but it's something that Christians are being almost like swayed to believe, to believe this idea of it's okay for people to believe what they want as long as they are sincere in it. So as I thought about this, I thought, okay, what if one person says that the moon is made out of cheese? And I was like, okay, well, that may be true. I don't know. I've never been to the moon. But what if another person says that the moon is a CGI lie and that it doesn't even exist? Well, I was like, okay. Well, both of these things cannot be true because if one says that the other is a lie, if the moon is made out of cheese, then therefore it must be real. Even if it's made out of cheese, it must be real. But when we say things like this, whenever we say, believe whatever you want to believe, just be sincere in it, we are saying that truth is relative. And if truth is relative, then it does not exist as truth. So we must throw this away because truth is absolute. And absolute truth is something that is true for all circumstances and at all times. Some examples of this is there are no round squares. I don't know if you know that, but there are no round squares. I learned my shapes back in elementary school, so I've known about this for a while. Also, when I was in elementary school, I couldn't draw a square because I'm left-handed, so I have bad handwriting, but all the lines are kind of wiggly. And they kind of curved inward, so they're like really small in the middle and like really big at the corners. Yeah, it was ugly. Um, I got a C in art class in elementary school, and I cried. Um, but there are no round squares. The moment that the line becomes curved, it is no longer a square. Gravity exists. If I jump up, I'm going to come back down. That is how gravity works. Even if you go to space, gravity still exists. Not in the same capacity, but it still exists. These are absolute truths. There are no round squares. Gravity exists. Pizza Owls is garbage. 
I am sorry. I had to say, if Pizza Al's is your favorite pizza, I will pray for you. Because you need some new taste buds. God says he makes us a new creation. Give him a new tongue, God. <sighs> had to say it. Pizza Al's is garbage. I'm sorry. The other day, somebody said, I will pay for Pizza Al's, and I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll let you have free Pizza Al's. And I said, I would rather pay for Sheets Pizza than get free Pizza Al's. Pizza, Sheets Pizza isn't even good. I'll say that. It's not that good. But Pizza Al's is garbage. Sorry. Side note. Um, you can show the other picture. Does anybody know who this is? Who? Michael Myers, yes. Cool, that is Michael Myers, that is true. Whenever you see Michael Myers, what is the proper reaction? Run, thank you. You run away. That is what, that is what you do. That's, that's perfectly reasonable. Or, I've seen it in the movies, sometimes the person that he's chasing falls and they kind of, they kinda, he kind of gets up on them, and I've seen it where they just kind of accept their fate. And they just say, there's no point in fighting this guy. I'm going to just die. Sorry, I know it's a little dark, but that is what happens. He either gets you or you run away. And Michael Myers is like the truth. Because whenever you're confronted with truth, there's only two options to either run away or to accept the truth. That's it. There's nothing else. Whenever, for both cases, whenever they see Michael Myers or whenever you see the truth, they don't go, oh, you know what? I don't think you're Michael Myers. I think you're good old Saint Nick, and that little knife in your hand is your sack of goodies, and you're giving me a Christmas present. No, they don't do that. That's stupid. If you do that, you're going to die. Um, and they also don't say, you know what? You don't exist. I'm in a simulation. I don't even exist. And none of this is real. That's a different movie. That's The Matrix. Um, they don't coincide. But yes, there are only two options, to either run away from the truth or to accept it. And has anybody, has anybody ever read a, great, a Brave New World? Sorry. Yeah. Cool. One person. Two people. Sorry. I have not read it, so forgive me. I love dystopian. I know it's dystopian. Forgive me for not reading it, but sorry, I haven't. Anyway, the author is Aldous Huxley. He's the author. I'm pretty sure he's an atheist, but he rationalizes, and he begins to believe, and he says, there is a God, and that is what he said. That is the truth that he comes to realize, that there is a God, and then what would be the proper response? What would be the proper response to there is a God? To say, I choose to believe him. But this is not what he does. He says, I'm going to continue to live my life as I always have with the knowledge that there is a God. And then this is what he says after that. He says, Facts do not cease to exist because you choose, because they are ignored. 
That's what he says. He says, there is a God. I'm going to choose to ignore that. But that doesn't change the fact. And the truth that I want to talk about mostly tonight is the truth of God is the one true God. And there's only one verse tonight. Um, and it's John 14:6. And a little bit of, sorry, a little bit of context for that um, is that Jesus and the disciples are on their way to somewhere. I actually don't know where it is. Sorry, I forgot to look it up. But they're on their way somewhere. And then one of the disciples says, hey, Jesus, where are we going? Like, do you know the way? And, sorry, do you know the way? Sorry, I, I said I wasn't going to do it, but I did it. I heard the laugh. Um, yes, he says, do you know the way? And then, in typical, Jesus, in typical Jesus fashion, he answers the question, but he doesn't answer he doesn't answer it the way that the disciple wants. Instead of answering what the disciple says, he answers the root of the issue, the root of the question. Instead of answering what the mouse says, he speaks to the heart, and he answers the heart, and this is what he says. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus makes three claims in this. He makes three very big claims. He says that he is the only way to God. He says not that he is a way, but he is the way. He says no one can get to God except through Jesus. The Bible paints the picture over and over again about there should be no other God besides God the Father. And then the New Testament talks again and again about Jesus being the only way to God. And then his second claim is that he is the truth. He, by claiming to be truth, he is saying that he is the perfect expression of God and therefore the absolute embodiment of all that is true. That is a big, that is a big claim. And then the last thing that he says is that he is the author of spiritual life. He's saying life can only be present through him. Any life within us can only be present through Jesus. Yeah, water. Living, living water. Uh, yes, um, oftentimes as people... We want to just fit in. We want to be accepted. And we want to just look at the things that make us similar. You know, even as Christians, we do this too. We want to just look at the things that bring us together because we don't like confrontation and we don't like division. But I believe that we have to talk about the things that are divisive. We have to talk about these things because these are the things, these claims that he says, they are divisive and they bring about division, but they are the things that bring about change, change in our lives, change in the world around us, and change in the lives of others. So earlier I said that we were all children at one point. That doesn't matter. Like that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I said that we have that in common, 
But yes, you have that in common with literally every human being. That doesn't mean that you actually have anything in common. It just means that you're a human. The things that matter, the things that make you unique, the things that cause the vision, those are the things that matter. Like somebody knowing how to play the guitar or whatever. Those are the things that are divisive, but they matter because they bring about change. So I want to further go into these claims that Jesus has in this verse. He claims that he is the only way to God. And then he further explains this claim and says that no one comes to the Father except by way of him. And this is something that I just really love about the gospel, really love about Christianity, is that the gospel is not reliant on your works or your merit or anything within you. If Jesus is the way, then that means that everything is dependent on him and almost nothing is required on your part. The reconciliation between God and man doesn't happen because of you. I, I've been a Christian for almost nine years, and whenever that happened, it wasn't because, you know, Jack Fisk was up here and he was saying, the things that he said. It wasn't because Charles Sombra was on this stage and he said the things that he said. That is not why I am a Christian. I'm a Christian because Jesus did the work and then I accepted that. And that's what other religions say. They say that if you do this work, if you perform this truth, then you will experience, you know, fill in the blank, moksha, nirvana, whatever it is. If They say that if you do these things, then you will experience fill in the blank. But Christianity says the opposite. It says Jesus does this and then reconciliation happens. And the only response on our part is acceptance. We must accept our position as separated from God and we must say that we have sinned and fallen short and that we must accept Jesus for who he says he is. And the second thing that Jesus says in this verse is he says that he is the truth. God is the creator of all the world. That's what Christianity teaches. Christianity teaches that before the world, before all the universe, God existed and he created the earth. And therefore, since he is the creator of the world, all truth must through him and that everything must coincide with him. All truth must coincide with who God is. And Jesus makes the claim that he is God in the flesh. And therefore, since he makes these claims, everything that is true about God must also be true about Jesus. If God has all truth flowing through him, then the same thing must be true about Jesus if he claims to also be God. And, sorry, um, because of this, he is saying that he is not, not just a teacher, not just some moral guy, but he is saying that he is God come down to earth and that he is the founder of Christianity. All the religions say, my founder is a man 
But Christianity says my founder is Jesus who claims to be God. Boom, roasted. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, and the last claim that he says in this verse is that he is the life. He is the author of spiritual life within us. He lived the life that we should have lived, and then he went and he died the death that we should have died. He switched places with us, and therefore, by doing so, he gave up his life for us. His physical body was sacrificed and given up so that we could experience life anew through him. And this is the way that it must be. This is how it must be. Jesus sacrificing his life and therefore giving us life. He is the author of spiritual life because he gave up his own. And I am saying that God the Father is the one true God. And I'm also saying that Jesus is God incarnate. So therefore, Jesus is the one true God as well as God being the one true God. And Jesus says a lot. He, in all of this, he's saying he is the way, he is the truth, and he is life. He is making many bold claims. He is saying that no one, no one can come to the Father. He is saying that God is not like Rome. You know the saying, all roads lead to Rome? He's saying that's not how it is with God. He's saying God is point B and I, Jesus, am point A. Not me, sorry, I pointed at myself. I, Jesus, am point A and God is point B. The only way to get to point B is to go through point A. That is what he is saying. And he is saying that all other religions do not have access to God. All other gods are not the same God. And he makes the most exclusive claims by saying this. By saying this, he is cutting off almost all paths aside from him to get to God. But by doing this, by saying all other ways do not lead to me, he can then open up himself to everyone. By saying no other way can you get to God, he is saying that you can get to God through me and I'm going to give up my life so that you can all have life through me and get to God. He is the only way to the Father. He and the Father are one and he is the giver of life. The only thing that we must do is accept that. We must accept the truth of who God is, and we must accept the truth of who Christ claims that he is. And that is it. God has done everything else, and that is the only thing that we are to do. So, a little bit ago, I talked about Aldous Huxley, and he's saying, him saying, Facts do not cease to exist because they are ignored. We catch up with him a little bit later. I don't know where. But he says this as well. After he says that, he says this. He says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you mad. Um, I think he's British or something. So mad means crazy. It doesn't mean like angry. Um, it means like he's just crazy. 
like a mad hatter. But that's what he says. He acknowledged the truth that there is a God. And then he said, I am going to ignore that. And then he said, just because I ignore that doesn't mean that God stops existing. And then he goes on, and I think there's a lot of his own life present within this quote, but he says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you mad. If you choose to ignore the truth and if you say, this is what I believe to be true, but I will not believe it, I do not accept this, then you will go crazy. And the band um, can come back up. If you are in this room, and if you have heard the things that I've said, I want you to genuinely consider the content of this message. If you, not, if you do not believe the things that I've said, I pray that you go home and that you reconcile within yourself what is truth, what is true to me, and begin to believe what is the truth of the gospel. And even if you are a Christian, even if you already believe the things that I've said, then I pray that this isn't the end. I pray that, you, that the takeaway that you get from this message is that you can always find the truth if you are looking for it. You don't just, you don't just, sorry, I play a lot of Pokemon Go now. You don't just go out, you don't just sit on your couch and find a Pokemon. You have to go out and get it. Like you don't just find the truth. You don't just wake up and the truth's just there in your face. You have to go and you have to find the truth. If you believe these things, I believe that you can find the truth as long as you search for it. And that is my prayer for you tonight. That if you know the truth, that you seek it further and that you receive more revelation of who God is and who he claims to be. I'm going to pray. God, just thank you for thank you for who you are and thank you that you gave your one and only son so that we could have life through you, so that we could have life through him. And God, I just I just pray for all the students in this room that they come to a realization of what the truth is and that whatever whatever position they are in, that they don't run away, that whenever they stare truth in the face, that they say, I, no matter how scared I am or what I believed before, I'm going to accept this because that is what we should do. God, I just thank you for today, and I just pray that you continue to reveal yourself to us and that you continue to be our Heavenly Father. Amen.